0: Uh, I, I hope that you're, um, you know, maybe inspired to pray a little bit more as we've been going through this series. Um, you know, praying for others in particular. Certainly, you can pray these things for yourself. Uh, you know, and and uh, but I'm hoping that this has helped you to pray more for others, to open up, and praying for them. Uh, you know that. Maybe a little, maybe you know, a little more specifically. Now, not, not Lord, you know, just please bless Billy Bob or you know, uh, or, or you know, please heal Bobby Joe. Now, those are good prayers. I'm not saying that those aren't good prayers. Those are good prayers, you know, and certainly you should pray those and ask God, you know, to touch lives and, and you know, to bless them. To that's always kind of a generic thing for me. Bless them. What does that mean? Well, if I ask all of you to write down, what does it mean to bless them? We get a wide variety of answers, and I wouldn't like some of your answers, and you wouldn't. Some of you wouldn't like mine, you know. And but when we think of, you, you know, the, certainly healing is a good thing to pray for. But I, I'm simply trying to help you bring a little more specificity, maybe, possibly, uh, you know, even even direction to some of your prayers. Uh, we've just been looking at prayer suggestions. Really, is all I've been sharing with you. As we've been going through this series, um, a lot of it comes, and particularly the ones today, these really come out of the text here, but they've been ways that God has inspired me to pray for others. And I will tell you, mostly family members. When you think about this, um, the things we're looking at today, I, I, I can't think of many uh, better, stronger, more important things you need to pray For your family, for your kids, for your grandchildren, for others uh, in your family, you know, your siblings. Um, So maybe maybe you'll get some inspiration. Let's pray. We're going to get into our text. Father, thank you for those who have prayed for me and the way you have answered. The way that you have touched, the way you brought me to know you, helped me to grow in you. I thank you for those who bothered to pray, and still do. Uh, They're an important part of my life. I ask that you would help us to learn more about praying and prayer as we look into your word this morning. That you would teach us, not just that head knowledge, but Father, that we might gain some practical application for our life, for our prayers maybe even some of the things you're calling us to personally Uh, again you know the challenges in each heart here right now and you are here with us there's no distance problem there's no lag time Uh, you are a God who is present here now and you are the God who is with us always. So as we think of these things today, uh, help us to remember what a great and powerful, mighty and loving, caring, compassionate, merciful and gracious God you are. We commit this and ourselves to you in Christ's name. Amen. Today we're going to be in Second Timothy. We spent a couple of weeks in First Timothy. Now we're starting 2 Timothy. Well, not starting. We're looking at one passage. In 2 Timothy, um, it's page 1096 in your pew Bible. Uh, and again, these prayers, it, this what I'm sharing with you are just some things that God has really been able to use in my life when I'm thinking of, of prayer. And when I am praying for others, You know, and I hope this will help you pray for those close to you, now you'll see, you know, at verse 9 there, the title, Make Every Effort, comes right out of uh, verse 9, at least in most versions. Now if you're using the, um, the ESV or the NIV, they say do your best. As I was looking and studying, I, I think it's worded a little, I, I think it's worded more strongly than do your best. Uh, it, it definitely comes across, you know, in a much more forceful way. Now, 2 Timothy, you know, we were in 1 Timothy last week and the week before, this week in, in 2 Timothy. And 2 Timothy is about three to five years after uh, the first letter uh, to Timothy. Uh, Paul had, uh, you know, had uh, experienced some freedom. This was written during his second Roman imprisonment. And his second imprisonment uh, ended ended with his death. And he probably... Well, whenever you're arrested by Rome, then you knew death was a possibility. So, you know, it seems to me he would certainly know that that was there. He may have even expected it at this point. You know, you get out once and um, that's okay, but the second time, yeah, maybe not. Uh, and here he feels the need to com- communicate some personal thoughts to Timothy, his spiritual son Timothy, one who he is very close to. He's beginning In chapter 4, he's drawing the letter to a close. And here's what, what he writes. Be- follow along with me. Verse 9. Make every effort to come to me soon, for Demas has deserted me, because he loved his present world and has gone to Thessalonica. Uh, Crescens has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Bring Mark with you. That phrase right there speaks volumes. there was a a break in a relationship between paul and mark uh, he he didn't uh, mark had had gone uh, back, had to step back a little while from the ministry, and then it came a time where Barnabas and, and Paul were going to go out again, and Barnabas wanted to take Mark, and Paul was so offended still by, what, by Mark stepping back earlier that he just couldn't do it. And, he, and, and it says that there arose such division among them between Paul and Barnabas that they split ways, and Barnabas took Mark. So when I read here, bring Mark with you. The healing that has already taken place there. So he says, bring Mark with you for he is useful to me in ministry. What a statement there. Verse 12, I have sent Tych- Tychicus to Ephesus. When you come, bring the cloak I left in Troas with Carpus, as well as the scrolls, especially the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did great harm to me. The Lord will repay him according to his works. Watch out for him yourself, because he strongly opposes our words. At my first offense, no one stood by me, but everyone deserted me. May it not be counted against them. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, so that the proclamation might be fully made through me, and all the Gentiles might hear. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil work and will bring me safely into His heavenly kingdom. To Him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Now certainly, you know, as I put down, make every effort, and I will tell you certainly one of the reasons that stood out to me is because in my Bible, every effort is underlined. And every is underlined twice. Because... uh, it, it it you know when you, sometimes you know sometimes um we we try maybe one or two ways to deal with things we try one or two ways you know to deal with something or to, to help our spiritual growth and then if it's not working out exactly as we had hoped we quit we stop i'm going to read the bible every day okay now we're just, just, you know, the audience participation part. How many of you have at one time determined I, that you were going to read through the Bible? Who's ever thought at all, at all, just at least one time, I'm going to read through the Bible. Okay, now don't raise your hand on this next one. How many of you actually did? You see. And what we do sometimes then is we get discouraged. You know, and and we give up. Instead of making every effort, instead of making a, a new plan, instead of, you know, saying, you know what, so if, I, if it takes me two years instead of one year, you know what, you still read through it. If it takes you three years instead of one year, you know what, you still read through it. You see, and sometimes what we do is we we, we just give up, and just making, making every effort, you know, and, and we quit. Don't give up too soon. You know, just don't give up too soon. I would tell you, don't give up And uh, whatever it is you're working on, don't give up until the Lord tells you to give up. Well, then you certainly should. But you know, but but keep at it, you know, until he tells you, you know, and he tells you to give up because then you're obeying the Lord, you know. Uh, While it's an important point, you know, it's not one in your outline. You know, don't give up too soon. It's not in your outline. Feel free to write it down. But anyway, um, it's an important point there. But notice what he says. He says, "Make every effort to come to me soon." I think in the context of of this of the letter here. Uh, you know that he tells us more than simply "don't give up." I think he's telling us more than simply "well, make another effort." Look at verse 11 as well. He says, "Only Luke is with me. Bring Mark with me, for he is useful in the ministry." He is saying to bring. You know, I, I need you to come here, and 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 bring Mark with you as well. He said because I need him here. Now when I'm thinking of guidance for prayer here in the context of the situation and context of the, of the surrounding verses, here's the prayer thought that I get. Pray, when you're praying for, you know, when you're praying for your kids, when you're praying for your grandkids, pray they will put in an effort to seek help. You know, when you're praying for your cousin, your aunt, your uncle, when you're praying for your coworker, worker whoever it is you pray for, pray that they put in an effort to seek help. Paul is telling Timothy, make every effort to come to me soon. Make that effort to come to me. Now, Timothy has to rearrange his plans. And then he tells him, you know, bring Mark with you. So that's even more work. You know, Timothy has to to do more work. Now, Timothy's going to have to rearrange his plans. Mark's going to have to rearrange his plans. What's going on here? Paul is asking for help. He's asking for help. And we don't like to ask for help. Because we want to be independent. We don't want to be dependent. We want to be independent. Independent. I just was thinking how many things I messed up because I thought I can fix this, and then had to call a repairman and pay twice as much because he had to redo what I tried to do and couldn't do. Uh, yeah, it, it, because you see, we don't want to be dependent even on things like that. And then ask somebody for help. I can't ask anybody for help for crying out loud. You know, I, I had a I was. We had a pastor's a lead pastor's meeting this week, and we were at it. We were at it. I was at it, and. Uh, the topic of discussion was uh, mental health. You want to talk about an area where people don't want to ask for help. You know, that's it. Uh, that's it. I mean, right there, you know, we don't want to go to a counselor. I, I can't go to a counselor. I went to a counselor. Yeah, you know, a, a Christian counselor, he was a tremendous help to me. A tremendous help. You know, but we don't want to ask for help. We don't want others to know we've ever asked for help. We don't want, you know, we, we, we see that, we, somehow we see that as a sign of weakness. We want to be able to handle things on our own. We don't want people knowing our business. <laughs> I was, <laughs> just the other day, I almost said to somebody, mind your business. You know, uh, you know we, we, cause we don't want them to know our business. You don't, we don't want people to think that we are somehow weak. You know what? We all need help. And if you think you don't, you're wrong. I'll stop there. Uh, there, There will be times, there will be times in the life of those you love where they will need help. Pray that they put in that effort to seek help. They may never come to you. Well, of course they'll come to me. No, no. Sometimes they won't. Let me ask you this. As you were growing up, or as you are growing up, did your parents know 100% of the things you did? (laughs) Yeah, that ain't going to happen. That ain't going to happen. Why? Because they can't know these things. Pray that they put in the effort to seek help. That they don't just struggle on their own. That they don't think that this isn't that important. That they, that they, that they don't think, well, I have to be able to handle this. No, sometimes we, we have to have help. If you need help, if you need help, put in the effort to seek help. If you gashed your arm and you were gushing out blood, what would you do? could do it but it's still leaking well you know don't, it'll stop eventually yeah when you die uh yeah, no we'd go and we'd get help okay you know what you're struggling emotionally you're struggling you know w- w- with something get help put in an effort and get when i say i was going to say get fixed that's not the. that's not the thing see because that's our mentality is we got to fix this no get help you know get help you ever use a crutch you ever use a cane you ever have a splint what are those there for? To help you. You break a bone, you get a cast. Why? To help you, you see. Get help. Pray, you know, pray that, that, they, that they will put in the effort to get help. And if you need it, put in that effort to seek help. He goes on, verse 10. For Demas has deserted me because he loved this present world and has gone to Thessalonica Crescens has gone to Galatia. Titus to Dalmatia. You see, these these were these were those who were helping Paul. And he says here, they all have left except for Luke, which he mentions in the next verse. It's hard to see people it's hard to see people walk away. It's hard to see them leave. What's really heartbreaking, you know, is when people walk away from God. Demas has deserted me. Demas has deserted me because he loved this present world. Some of you have seen your children not just leave the church, but walk away from God. Um, As I was working on this, uh, between last Sunday and Wednesday, No, last Saturday. So, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, five days. in, In five days, I ran into seven people who used to come to Northside. And, you know, now they not only came, they were an active part of church life. You know, and they've walked away. Now, they've not just walked away from from you know coming here, they are not going anywhere. They've walked away from God. They weren't involved in any sin. You know, there was, a, there was no, no big deal going on, on in their life. They weren't mad. They are simply going after this present world. When you're praying for others, pray they don't walk away. Pray they don't walk away from God. I pray this every single night for our, our kids, for our grandchildren, and I am praying it for our grandchildren's spouses who I don't even know, who, I haven't, who they haven't even met yet, most likely and i pray and ask god that they that he will guide them and he will strengthen them and that they will never wander or walk away from him pray when you're praying that they don't walk away from god now, this is certainly part of the battle that we looked at last week. That we are fighting a spiritual battle. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers. And this is part of that. Demas, you know, he mentions him here. He's mentioned also in Colossians and in Philemon. And in Colossians and Philemon, as you read through that, Paul is referring to him as his co-worker. He was involved in the work. He was known as a leader. That's why he mentioned him in the Colossians. That's why he brought it up to Philemon. He, you know, his, as he's writing, uh, Philemon, uh, 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 and he's writing to him, and he's uh, writing these letters to these people, and he's, he's telling them you know, about, about the, uh, someone who they knew as a leader, as someone who was involved in the work. And he says here, Demas has deserted me because he loved this present world. He put a priority... On this present world, he sought the present world as his first choice. Allowed su- all of these, you know, the, the people, you know, that I saw this week, and it was, you know, pretty much on, on each one of those days I saw, I came across somebody who used to, and and with each one of them, you know, and they they would they would say, oh yeah, you know, they they still believe in God, they still follow, but they put this present world ahead of God. You know, your children, your grandchildren, your friends, uh, they might be involved in a church right now, they might even be serving God. Pray they don't walk away from God. Verse 13, he says, When you come, bring the cloak I left in Troas with Carpus, as well as the scrolls, especially the parchments. Now the cloak he's talking about, that would just be for warmth. Winter was coming, it was arriving there, they weren't going to hand out blankets in, in their prison. You know, that, that wasn't going to happen. Uh, you know, when he talks about the scrolls and the parchments, those refer to copies of Scripture, uh, some of which, you know, those of which would be brought together later in the Bible. Now I say part of which is because Paul is writing here, and what Paul is writing here, Becomes part of the Bible. It is part of that, scripture that inspired Word of God. We'll look at that in depth sometime, maybe, but not right now. Even though he was under, what impresses me as I read this, even though he was under arrest here and it ended with his death notice, he still wanted God's word. He still wanted to have God's Word, even though this is going to end in death. You know, Even though he, probably, he knew he probably wasn't going to get out of prison, he still wanted to get into God's Word. He wanted that comfort. He wanted to grow in his faith. He wanted a deeper understanding of God. He wanted to see God's Word. He still wanted to spend time in God's Word. When you pray for others, pray that they will spend regular time in God's Word. If you want to know God's heart, Read His Word. If you want to know direction for life, read God's Word. You want to know what pleases God, read His Word. You want a full life, read His Word. You want to know the future, don't ever look at the horoscopes and be sucked into that. You want to know the future, read God's Word. You know, you want, because he talks about it there. You want peace, you want wisdom, you want to know the truth, read God's word. You want stability, read and live his word. There is no substitute, there is no better resource. Read God's word. When you pray for others, pray they spend regular time in God's word. There is no substitute for that. Verse 14. Alexander the coppersmith did great harm to me. The Lord will repay him according to his works. Watch out for him yourself because he strongly opposes our words. At my first offense, no one stood by me, but everyone deserted me. May it not be counted against them. And As we saw last week, you will face opposition in this world. Jesus said, in this world you will face, so King James, tribulation. Now he goes on he says, be a good cheer. I've overcome the world. You will face opposition. You know what? So will your children. So will your grandchildren. So will your friends. All those you pray for will face opposition. It's there. So when you're praying, pray that they stand with Christ. Pray they stand with Him in the face of opposition. Even if they're standing alone, even if they are the only ones standing for God, pray that they will stand with Christ even in that face of opposition. You're going to send your kids off to college somewhere. I just I I would ask you to pray deeply long before you would send them to a non- Christian college and even if you send them to a Christian college you need to pray and you need to pray that they will stand firm because you know what that professor is going to stand there and let them know what a fool they are for believing in God and he's going to do that in front of the whole class and you know what sometimes they're going to be with their friends and all their friends are going to want to do something and they need to be the one to stand and say I'm not going to do that even though their friends will ridicule them and harass them I've mentioned this before some of you might remember some of you probably never heard it and I don't mean to shock you but when I was a thief and we would be ripping things off Um, and uh, I remember very specifically um, we were uh, stealing things from uh, a train and it opened a box car and there was furniture in there. It was nice. And so we started unloading it and my buddy standing next to me I said, Rick, Hold this. No, I'm not going to hold that. He said, this is wrong. You know, we, we shouldn't be doing this. Said, D- you're standing here with me. No, I'm not going to help you. And, and, he, and he wouldn't help. Now, he was the only one of us there in that group that wouldn't help because he knew this was wrong. And he stood there even though all the rest of us were less than pleased with him for not helping Pray that your children, your grandchildren, whoever it is you're praying for, that they will stand with Christ in the face of opposition, even if they are standing alone. Much easier to say, you know, but this is not easy in a world, you know, that, that, not only ignores and denies God, but they often actively oppose those who dare to speak about God. And if you think it's going to get easier for your kids, I don't share that, I don't share that same uh, rosy view. I think it's going to get harder for your kids who dare to speak about Christ or who dare to live for Christ. They're going to need to be stronger now we don't know what Alexander the coppersmith did, but clearly it negatively affected paul he was he was clear about that you know people will attack people will attack what you stand for people will attack God people will attack those you love stand for god you know, the, those who should stand up for you won't they 'll run they 'll flee you, you see this here you know they they, they may you know they they won 't stand up for you and they may even run the apostle when Jesus was arrested, what did the apostles do took off that 's what they did they were gone we 're out of here, okay, yeah, Peter took the sword and you know he tried to Cut the guy's head off is what he did. And the guy, it seems to me, and the guy ducked and cut off the ear because I don't know how you could cut off an ear without, but do it. But anyway. Uh, and then what happened? Jesus healed and said, dude, put away your sword. You know This is not how we're going to handle things. And they said, okay, see ya. And they were gone. They were gone. And Jesus was arrested alone. Why? Because the disciples fled. People will flee, you know, the, even those you think should stand with you. Pray. When you pray for others, pray that they will clearly stand for Christ, even in the face of opposition and even if they're standing alone. Verse 17. But the Lord stood by me and strengthened me so that the proclamation might be fully made through me and all the Gentiles might hear. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil work and will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. So as you're praying, pray that they will rely on and find their strength in the Lord. This is one that's easier to say than to do. But pray they will rely on and find their strength in the Lord. We want to rely on the Lord, you know, and and, you know we may have real sincere intentions and they might as well, but but then we get into a situation and we think something needs to be done right now, so what do we do? We tend to rely on ourselves And we tend to rely on our own wisdom, our own knowledge, our own ideas, our own timing. We want to find our strength in the Lord, but we run ourselves ragged instead of going at God's pace, instead of going with God's timing. We push and know we want it now. The Lord will stand with you, the Lord will strengthen you. You know, we often realize that after the fact, you know, you know we know it wasn't us, we know something happened, you know, we know that, that it was God. You know, this is the grace of God at work in your life, you know, giving you that strength to face what you could not do on your own. When you pray for others, pray that they will rely on the Lord and find their strength in Him. And sometimes that comes just from simple obedience. In Luke chapter five, you know, early in Jesus' relationship with his disciples, they went out the disciples had gone out fishing one night. Jesus was not with them. They went out fishing at night. That's how that that was the time to catch the fish that they wanted to catch. In Chicago they did smelt fishing a lot. And if you don't know what smelt is, you're not missing anything. Um, but uh, you know, they do it with nets. And they go along, even downtown Chicago, and they go and they cast those nets out and catch these scrummy little fish. That's why they call them smelt. But anyway, um, you know, and, and they cook them, eat them, and that's just the time you would fish for them. Well, the disciples were out all night fishing. And then uh, they didn't catch anything. It so says then they, they hauled their nets in, and they're, they're washing their nets, and they're getting them ready for the next day. Jesus comes, and he's teaching a group by the shore. And it said that so many were there and that they were pressing that he stepped into the boat and had them just move out a little way from the shore because he needed some distance between him and the crowd so that more people could hear. And that's where we pick up the story as Jesus was doing it in Luke chapter 5. It says, When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so. I'll let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. Sometimes we don't realize it until after God does something. And he says it. It says, for he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, the sons of thunder, I love that name, The uh, Simon's partners. You see, they were tired, they had their own ideas about, about how to do what Jesus had asked and they had a choice to make. They could choose to rely on what Jesus said and obeyed what he told them to do or they could choose to do their own thing because they thought they knew better they chose to obey, and he brought about the results and the strength that they needed. More guidance in verse 17. Look at verse 17. says, But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, so that the proclamation might be fully made through me, and all the Gentiles might hear. When you're praying for others, pray that they will tell others about Jesus. Pray they'll tell others about Jesus. He said, the proclamation was made through me. Now, we, we should be, we should be telling others about Jesus. Now, not just so that we can be proven right. You know, not so that they would think better of us. Not so that they'll quit opposing us. We, it, it's not about us. We need to tell the people about Jesus because He is the only hope. He is the only hope and they need to know about Him. Ephesians chapter 2, he says, At that time you were without the Messiah, excluded from the citizenship of Israel, and foreigners to the covenant of promise, without hope. What a horrible place to be in. Without hope and without God in the world. They need to know Jesus. He is the only way. John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus told them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Not one of them. Not ma- I don't care what Oprah tells you. It's not you know, many ways to God. Uh, I, you know, I, I, it, 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 there's one. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one, no one at all, not one single person comes to the Father except through me is what he says. Acts chapter four. This Jesus is the stone rejected by you builders, which has become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else. In case they, in case they missed it, in case you missed it, and think that well, it's okay, you know, they just call God by a different name. There is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to people, and we must be saved by it. All of us who know Jesus as our Savior should be telling others about Jesus. Simply tell, Now you say, well, maybe they won't come to know him, but you know what? Maybe they'll move closer to God because you bothered to tell them something. Maybe they'll move closer to Jesus because you told them something. Maybe they'll be more open to hearing the next person who comes because you bothered to tell them something. I was going to water my grass because we do this stupid thing where we water and we fertilize and complain about cutting, and then we. But anyway, um, I know, but I, because I, I was going to, I was going to water the grass because you know I heard that it, it might rain. Uh, you know, maybe tomorrow or Tuesday. And here is the deal. Right now, if it rains, that ground is hard and and most of the rain is going to roll off. But if I watered the grass and sprinkled it a bit so that it would loosen up the soil, you know what's going to happen? When that rain comes, it's going to be more receptive to the rain and will absorb more of that rain. So you might say, well, what I said to them about Jesus did no good. No, what you said to them about Jesus might very well have softened up their heart, so that the next person who comes and says more, it will soak in and it will sink in deeper. We should be telling people, you know, we should be telling people uh, uh, about Jesus. When you pray for your family, pray that they will tell others about Jesus. The final phrase in verse 18, he says, To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. So when you pray for others, when you pray for your children, pray that they will bring glory to God. Pray that they will bring glory to God. That should be our goal in life. Our goal in life should be to bring glory to God. Now' I've just, I, all I've done is share with you some of the things some of the points that I pull, that I got out of this passage which have helped me to pray for my my family, my children, my grandchildren. You know, and I, I think they're powerful. I think they're important things to be praying for pray that they will put in effort to seek help pray that they won't ever walk away from god pray that they will spend regular time in god's word pray that they will stand with christ even if they're the only one doing it that they will stand for christ in the face of opposition <clears throat> pray that they w- <coughs> excuse me pray that they will rely on and find their strength in the lord pray that they will tell others about jesus Pray that their lives will bring glory to God. All of these take serious, intentional, continued effort. Pray that they make every effort to live for Christ Jesus. I'm going to ask the music team if you guys will come back up. And uh, Ron will reload, uh, yet not I, but through Christ in me. Because as we're making every effort, it's not our effort. It's God at work in us. You know, and, and it, it, it's, you know the words in that song as we were singing, you know, yet not I, but through Christ in me, when we're praying, I, I don't ever want you to think it's because of our effort. It's because of the grace and love of Christ that comes along. Let me pray, and then I'm going to ask you to stand and we'll sing together. Father, thank you for your word. May it be real, may it be alive in us, because you, Father, are alive in us, we pray. In Christ's name, amen.